0: I know, I know, I know we have not done one of these in a minute, Jared Newland. It's been a while, but I have a perfect explanation for why we have not done a Roaring Repeater podcast. So, didn't want summer to end. I was We wanted to have some fun this summer. Well, with today's weather, you're kind of thinking like maybe, sh- shoot. Shoot. The,
1: the summer has ended, but it's yeah. supposed to get back good. We needed this rain after yeah. being wet most of the summer. Yeah. Then we went dry for three weeks. My uh, lawn just dried up like that.
0: Oh, I know mine too. It's crazy. I, I honestly, I was driving over to Laramie today, going over the summit, and I thought, are we going to see some snowflakes up here? It was that chilly this morning. So I wanted to squeeze as much summer out as humanly possible. I Me think too. you could agree with that. I'm still trying to play as much golf as possible, and I've been <laughs> lacking the last two weeks. I just wanted to drink beer and, um, Drink beer. You drink beer? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. Just maybe that. Maybe that's why I have gout so bad right now on my right foot I can barely walk. I don't know.
1: And Joey, get <laughs> off our back. Here it is.
0: <laughs> Boy, we. you know what? I don't know how many people listen to this thing really every week, but we have some that are hardcore. I've got a guy named Stu on Twitter who's like, haven't seen... Haven't seen anything. I was able to make a flight from Texas back home, smuggle in a bunch of beer, and uh still haven't heard a podcast from you. So here it <laughs> is, Stu. Sorry. It's
1: funny we do get these messages from folks. Hey, where's the podcast? Where well, we can go on vacation too. You yeah.
0: Guys. <laughs> I didn't think it was that big of a deal. It is funny though. It.
1: People say, Well, I want to download it before I drive from point A to point B yeah. or
0: hop on a flight. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. So it
1: that is really cool. And and starting, you know. We'll get back to normal next week because we'll have 13 straight weeks for sure of the Cowboy Kickoff Show. Yep, which you can find on the website. Yep, we can find on the website and kind of treat it as a podcast as well. So um, when you guys are flying in for games or driving in for games, you guys can download that and listen to it or
0: listen to it live on KOWB when you get into town. And you forgot some crucial words there. Award-winning 7220sports.com kickoff show. Yeah, that's right. Let's break our arms, patting our backs here. (laughs) I'm glad we won that though. I uh, me too. I don't know if I could have. Well, we would been. We myself. both said we were moving out of the state if we didn't win it. Yeah, so. couldn't lose that one for a number of reasons. So let's go for number two. One main one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That'd be let's called go. a that'd be called a winning streak. Yeah,
0: that is a winning streak. <laughs> I will take it uh, today. Uh, Cowboys wrapped up fall camp. Um, it's so weird, and I know a player like Frank Crum would probably punch me right in the nose right now for saying it, but. We feel like we were in camp too in a lot of ways because it's just grind man and, and 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 to be honest with you out there we haven't spent any time on Texas Tech yet uh, that's my whole weekend is to spend time well I'll be watching some football too but Texas Tech is on the docket now uh this is the time during camp where I personally try and focus on uh, who the Cowboys have and what what's uh, what's coming out of the gate in that opener so uh looking forward to getting into Texas Tech but did a ton of stories I think I looked it up yesterday Jared, Davis, was like 47 feature stories on players on this roster since spring football. I mean, Cry it's me been, a
1: river. It's been,
0: <laughs> it's been a lot. And I know I joke with my colleagues all the time about like, who are we even going to talk to this week, man? You feel like you've talked to every single person on this roster. But I will tell you, overarching with this roster, everybody's been really cool. You're really going to like this team. They're really mature, as Craig Bull always likes to allude to. Um, Just good guys, man. Good guys, good stories, can really talk to the media, which is uh, not always the case. I mean, I tell Easton Gibbs right to his face, first time I interviewed him, I couldn't get a peep out of the guy, and it was really painful. And now he can admit all these years later that he was terrified and didn't know what the hell he was talking about.
1: Well, that's what's cool in your position. You get to see these guys mature not only on the field but off the field as well. And there's you know their they're speaking improves that much more, yeah they just grow up as men, yep and mature as men no doubt and that that's that's really cool to see and and you get to see it a lot more than we do as more fans and and get just watching them on the
0: field, yeah, no, it's great it's great, and you know you see that with a guy like Logan Wilson, and to be able to see what he's doing on Sundays now is really special.
1: Well, just so. think about his interview mm-hmm. as a freshman and sophomore, oh, yeah. Uh, He couldn't spit words out. He didn't want to spit words out. And now all of a sudden, now you see him behind a podium on a Sunday evening after a football game, you're like, that's my guy. He knows (laughs) how to
0: do it now. I'll never forget Logan, especially after they beat CSU his senior year, he came in and stood behind the podium post game, and he said, it sucks to be a CSU Ram. You would have never heard that out of a Logan Wilson. He knew he's never playing him again. He went four and zero against him, and uh, he deserved the right to say that, and it was great. Just
1: took a page out of Josh Adams, but he
0: sure did. He sure did. So, uh, camp wrapping up. We're going to kind of put a bow on camp a little bit, Jared. Uh, of course, guys, go to the website. There's a million and a half stories on there. Uh, Everything you need to know, everything I've learned. Uh, you know, you have to preface that, of course, by saying we are not allowed to watch practice, as you well know. Uh, did get a few sneak peeks, I guess, uh, as we were waiting to be led into a locked door, for instance. But uh, we don't see anything of substance. So we really have to go off what Coach Ball says and then pretty much verify it with every player we talk to. And uh, they're all singing the same tune, and it doesn't seem like a company line this year. Um, I'm getting a real sense of real confidence this year. Um, every year you kind of analyze things, and I've been fooled before. You know, 2021, of course, comes to mind. I think we all thought that team had a ton of veterans and they were going to be really solid and they were going to be just great across the board, had a ton of talent. Things just, you know, sometimes locker room splinter and sometimes things just aren't working out right. And as we saw, a lot of guys left that team after the season, and the reason they left the team, they said, was because they didn't have a great relationship with their head coach. Uh, Things have changed in that department drastically, but this team seems more cohesive than ever. They were the third youngest team in the country last year. Now they're one of the oldest teams in the country, and that's what the transfer portal is doing. And the Cowboys and their staff, I have to give them a ton of credit. They really navigated that portal beautifully this year. Uh, On paper, it says they've lost like 17 guys to the portal. Three of those guys were impact guys, and Emmanuel Pregnon is – definitely the biggest loss of all of those guys so
1: and we might get a chance to see him play tomorrow yeah USC hosts San Jose State so yeah uh, tune in and see if he's on the
0: field oh I saw he was the big guy on their poster they just put out on social media so I would assume he's very talented but he he, to me in my opinion he's going to prove to be the biggest loss for this team but if you've followed this program you know that the offensive line has been nearly plug and play you know and, and same with the running backs room and I know we're going to get into it a little bit but you know obviously the Cowboys are down a couple of running backs. are you worried about that I don't worry about that no with this team deepest part of deepest room in on the entire roster for sure yeah
1: um I guess we can get in if you want to get yeah. into that yeah. I mean the offensive line in the off, early off season, we're like going to be the strength of the team yeah. with the running backs I mean it's going to be huge. Lose a couple of running backs, a couple of guys, so-called retire. Yeah. Um. Then pregnon. Then pregnon goes to USC, and but now, like you said, they're still plugging playing, and they're going to be young. Yeah. For the most part, really, on that offensive line, uh, Frank Crum, of course, a six-year guy, is is the anchor. Yep. But they're still going to be pretty dang young on that line. But man, I think they're going to be good.
0: <laughs> I do too, and you. And a lot of people don't think about this aspect. This Cowboys defense could be awesome, and the strength of that defense is on the front guess who these guys are practicing against every day? Just
1: going to say that. You know, they're going up against probably the best defensive line in the conference every single day, and that's yeah. just going to make them better Absolutely. every single day.
0: And and I've heard it a lot this year, kind of silently. They're not screaming it from a mountaintop, but when the hardest part is who you're going up against in practice every week, that makes the game pretty, pretty easy mm-hmm. in some ways. And I actually just heard a former Patriots player earlier on a radio show talking about that, that in practice – With Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and this was a cornerback who was talking, he's like, that was 10 times harder than anything we were going to face on Sunday, and we were overprepared. So I think we're going to see that. Mm -hmm. I really do uh but on the offensive line uh, you know the depth chart was released Craig Bowles said uh, the maturity of this team is what made him confident and we joked a little bit about it uh last year it was TBA at quarterback going into Illinois and you have to wonder if TBA would have had a better outing than uh, than Andrew Peasley it was brutal as we know but he feels so comfortable with this team and their maturity level that he can let out a he can let this out and think about this what 2 3 years ago 2 years ago Charles Hicks and Easton Gibbs were in a battle for that outside linebacker spot. Uh, he put out a press release, or he put out the release of the of the depth chart. Charles Hicks was in the transfer portal minutes later because he lost that battle to Easton Gibbs. And what he's talking about with the maturity thing is guys who aren't on this depth chart or third or fourth or not even listed—they're mature enough to know that that ain't the end of the road. You're going to play. And you talk about defensive tackles, for instance. And Craig's brought this up a bunch. Last year at the end of that game against Boise State, it was Ethan Drews and Ben Florentine at the defensive tackle spots. Not Cole Goodbow, not Jordan Bertnolly, not Caleb Robinson, not Gavin Meyer. And Ethan Drews is the one who forced that fumble, that George Helani fumble that Devon Harris should have taken to the house yep. to win that game. So, you know, don't get discouraged if you're not on those initial depth chart, depth charts because, you know... <laughs> One play away. One play away. And it is cliche as hell, but it's true as hell. So um, this year on the depth chart, uh, surprises, I guess. Like I said, I'm not really surprised when any running back. It's kind of reminds me of late 90s Broncos, you know, early 2000s plug and play. In a lot of ways, and that's not taking anything away from Jamari Farrell, but he's a junior college kid that played at Saddleback. He had a ton of injuries in, in high school that really set him back. Uh, he got kicked out of his first junior college, Independence Community College, for undisclosed reasons. And one thing that woke him up was he was back home in Mission Viejo, California. He's working the drive-thru at Kentucky Fried Chicken, and his old classmates are coming through the drive-thru going, man. Thought you were going to be a star. Thought you were going to mm. be something. And now you're working at KFC. Woke him up. He went across the street to Saddleback, Saddleback Community College, and uh, the rest is history. And here he is, number one on the depth chart going into Texas Tech. And the, I enjoyed reading the article you did on that. And do
1: you think, though, that he's in the starting lineup to maybe carry the, carry the tote You know, a few few times early on in that Texas Tech game, and then they bring in DQ – for a change of speed and then Texas tech has to adjust like, Oh boy. What's going on
0: here? <laughs> Not to mention Sam Scott, who's yep. third on the depth chart is six two, two hundred and thirty he pounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the Cowboys have always done this. I mean, since Craig Ball's been here, it's always somebody gets the first series, somebody gets the second series, and then it starts mixing and matching.
1: And then it might be a few swing passes here and there. Yep. Then they're like, "Oh, what are we doing here?"
0: Exactly. I hope, I hope that's the case. Anyway. I do too. And, and but let's be real. If Harrison Whaley is is healthy, he's the starter, and boy, he looks good
1: (laughs) and that's another thing in the back of my mind you've said you've talked to him yeah you said he's ready to go yeah
0: oh yeah he feels ready to go is this a little poker face from craig Ball? don't know i I, craig actually a couple weeks ago kind of cracked the door a little bit and he said i don't think he's going to be ready for the opener yeah i don't know if he'll be ready but also do you bring him in for portland state the following week well definitely not if that's the case but if i mean obviously texas tech i mean if you can play him if yeah. he's ready to go, you gotta play him, right? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe he doesn't start. I think Jamari I think Jamari Farrell has earned that right to start. Yeah, because I mean Harrison's missed yeah. the entire camp per, yeah. for, per se. But
1: maybe if you could sneak out to see practice on Monday, <laughs> who knows? <laughs>
0: well, Ryan Thorburn did see that Sebastian Harsh was back in pads today, which okay. is good news for the Cowboys. He didn't say anything about seeing uh seeing Harrison Whaley, but uh coach did admit that Sebastian is back at practice, which is great news for this team. Uh, we're really a, excited to see him.
1: From what we know, it mm-hmm. was a very minor setback. They just had to re- remove something that was left in there from surgery that yes. had broke.
0: Yeah, so. he had a wire. That, yeah. I mean, he had a full horizontal break of his kneecap. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, you can't even make that up. But uh, Jamari Farrell, starting, running back number one. Love it. Uh, great guy. Great attitude. Uh apparently he's doing all the right things the the decision makers think he is the number one running back so Mm -hmm.
1: not that that is a surprise on the depth chart just because it was injury situations there with McNeely and Whaley yeah yeah. um what other surprises on the depth chart came up to you
0: um none honestly none I mean we knew that a youngster or two was gonna have to start on this line on the offensive front I am
1: a little surprised John Hoyland's number
0: one <laughs> yeah car, yeah i'm actually surprised they have a backup for him <laughs> that was nice to i did see. see that that they finally <laughs> yeah that was nice to see 155 pounds soaking wet eric something my screen is from steamboat wide. correct steamboat colorado yep. yeah well he, he knows how to kick
1: in uh weather that's for sure so hopefully they don't need to use him this year though
0: yeah eric sandvik you could tell when i asked ball i'm like i asked him early on in camp so if john hoyland goes down what are you gonna do? And he said, "A player to be named later." <laughs> so Eric Sandvik, all 155 pounds of him, true well, freshman, he uh, is your guy. Fuaz and uh, Stewart,
1: yeah, would have to step in and do something. I would
0: think. Oh, uh, brother. Anyway, yeah. Let's, let's not get let's to let's that. not talk about that. Yeah, nothing really surprised me, though, Jared. Honestly, they have a ton of depth at wide receiver, which is something they haven't had in a long time. And uh, Mike Grant, Coach Bull, Tim Polisek, they all agree this is the the most depth they've ever had at that position.
1: And I know you asked a question about why aren't the two transfers – Or it was a surprise, little bit of a surprise that the transfers weren't number one on the depth chart, but does that? I don't think that really matters. It's kind of no. like a D-line situation. D-ends, for sure. Rotate. They rotate so much, yeah. you're, you're going to get the playing time, the nickel – Back, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff on defense. You're, who cares who starts? Right. Running backs. Running backs. Yeah. You're gonna get the rotations.
0: Yeah. Offensive line's really the one where you're not rotating guys, and you want that to be.
1: Yeah, but you need seven deep there. Yes. To have a couple, like somebody gets a stinger, somebody yeah. sprains an ankle, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah. You have to have a little bit there, but other than that, no. I guess. And I'm not surprised by the those wide receivers not being on there. And, and the reason I say this is because I think Craig is showing. First of all, I think the guys deserve it. But second of all, I think Craig is showing the loyalty that some of these guys have shown to him. Yep. Wyatt Whelan, he had a great year last year. Um, you know, that guy didn't have one catch under his belt for his first three years. And we just talked the other day. He he's been here since the year Josh Allen was a rookie for the Bills. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how long Wyatt Wheelan's been here now. He is going to be your starter. Alex Brown, a guy who only has nine career catches in five years, uh, he stuck it out. And I, they really think he's going to have a big year. And then made a hell of a catch against CSU last year. He day. sure did. Yeah, huge catch against them. But uh, I'm not surprised because, like Ryan Marquez, I think you could say you're surprised by him. But we kind of saw him coming on late. But he was a walk-on. Coach talked about him today. That that's the that's the thing with all this crap going on in the world of college football. That's the con, that's the constant is the walk on who busts his ass, earns a scholarship, and is playing.
1: And he makes plays. He does not only you know catching the ball in the bowl games and stuff like that, but think about those special teams plays. He Might made. have won the
0: game for against Tulsa all year long. Yeah, yeah, for real. So, so he's that great story yep. of the guy who just came from nothing, and now he's on scholarship and coaches love it. So, um not surprised. Not not surprised. Those guys, and and you know, Ira Asante, of course and Devin Body Jr. who we're talking about with these wide receivers, they they weren't here for the spring. I mean, they're still I, I don't know that that would send a good message. Would it? I mean, if you make them your starters when they weren't even here for spring and they're still playing catch up on the on the playbook, but like you said, I, we're making a mountain out of a molehill here because like you said, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Whoever plays and is consistent and catches the damn ball and does their job, they're going to play. And we're just ready for kickoff. (laughs) I mean, tomorrow,
1: I know there's only a handful of games, but it's college football. There's no
0: great matchups,
1: but it's college football. Yes.
0: Three Mountain West games, San Jose State at USC, as you mentioned, Hawaii at Vanderbilt, and San Diego State at Ohio, go Bobcats. And that probably is the best matchup of the day. I agree. Evenly match up. I and mean, Ohio didn't have their badass starting quarterback against Wyoming and Tucson.
1: He's back. And they call him the Maple Missile Canadian dude. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that. So, and he, his older brother played for him as well. He's and now in, he's in NFL the NFL. Yeah. yeah,
0: yep. So, yeah, he's a hell of a player. The Cowboys really dodged a bullet not playing, not playing that against kid. Him. He's really good. I actually talked to him after a press conference last year. He's a great kid. Excited for them. Of course, we have no love loss for San Diego State anyway. No. I'm here's a question I want to ask you and and I know a lot of fans are split on this. Are you a Mountain West fan? Or are we seeing now more than ever that who gives a shit? I hope San Diego State gets curb stomped.
1: I've never been a person who cares about the other teams no. in the league unless it comes down to if they can actually get into that BCS money or you know, the former BCS now playoff money. because yeah. it helps the entire league. Sure. Other than that, I don't care if they win. No. And I think we're seeing now, what does it matter? And I would never, ever root for CSU against anybody. No, unless it meant that they had to beat somebody in Wyoming w- were to win a title. True. Sure. That's the only time I would root for them.
0: Toughest question I've ever been asked in my life, Jared, is back in the day, of course. Who do you go for when BYU and CSU play? And my answer I can't give on the air because it's so politically incorrect that you would even cringe.
1: Just don't watch the game.
0: Yeah. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Misery. I had Craig Bowl ask me that. He said, Would you rather we beat CSU or BYU? And I said, Don't ever ask me a question like that, Craig. Uh, well, it, who are you playing this week?
1: I mean, now it's, <laughs> it's you got to, CSU, you want to root against CSU no matter what, because you're not recruiting against BYU. Right. And I've said this time and time again Wyoming recruits against CSU every single day of the year. Yeah. And it's not just about athletics, it's about for students, yep. which brings revenue. To the state of Wyoming, the university, and the city of Laramie.
0: Yeah, n- no doubt. And BYU, of course. I mean, we want them to lose every game too. Yeah. Um, but that's for a they're going
1: to have reasons. an eye opening eye opener yeah. this year in the Big Twelve. Yes,
0: <laughs> they are. I can't wait. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. Um, Your two new starters, basically, on offense, left guard Wes King uh, will make his debut against Texas Tech. Uh, He had a real battle this season, or this offseason, with Luke Sandy, who will be the backup to Nafoa Fiatulofono there at the center spot. And then right tackle, the vanilla gorilla, Caden Barnett, uh, who played last year against Air Force. You probably didn't even notice what a great job he did last (laughs) year against Air Force, but he played every snap for Frank Crum, who was dealing with an injury during that one. And uh, Cowboys didn't have much trouble running the ball that day against the Falcons, so uh, he's ready for that. Uh, he'll step in on that right tackle side as Craig or as uh, Frank Crum rolls over to uh, Andrew Peasley's blind side. So that's really it. Other than that, and, and Wyoming has ten returners back on defense. Really, it's almost 11, because number 11, or the newbie, is Colby Taylor, who appeared in eight games last year and, of course, was a starting corner against Fresno State and for, like, two seconds against Ohio before the old helmet-to-helmet hit, got the flag in the uh, gate. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, nothing really surprised me on this depth chart. We kind of waited to see that battle between West King and, and Luke Sandy. And then, of course, Connor Shea, also at linebacker, He's been, coach said he's been really working at middle. We know who Wyoming's middle linebacker is, but Connor Shea can play both. Uh, heaven forbid anything happened to Easton Gibbs. Sounds like they're in good hands. Heaven forbid something happens to Shea know They're in good hands. Cole DeMarzo also backed the Michigan State transfer. So uh, not a lot of shock. You know, this year was, so, it's, it's always so different, Jared. This is my fifth year covering the Cowboys now, and every camp is so different. It's like there's a million position battles or there's none. And this is one of those years where there really wasn't many. But last year, we didn't even know half the guys' names. Yep. I mean, so it'll be kind of like basketball this year.
1: I mean, just make sure you get a, uh, a program when you're there, though, because quite a few people have changed some numbers. Yep. And then the new faces you're going to want to know anyway. So you're going to like, what's going on? Who's that again?
0: <laughs> yeah. And we do, we have a story on 7220 Sports about like all these number <laughs> changes and stuff. But man, that seems like it was written. 10 years ago, but it was probably only like a month and a half ago. Yeah.
1: Two, two, three
0: weeks ago, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's been a minute. Uh, it all turns into a blur at this point. But uh, on the injury front, I've seen a lot of fans say, make this crazy comparison, Jared. They're like, oh, Harrison's, Harrison Whaley's only going to be out two games. We are, Where have we heard this before? Jeff Lender said six to eight weeks with Graham E.K. It's like, guys, and, and then, oh, my God, all these injuries. This has been the best – offseason so far knock on wood for injuries it really they've had one devastating season ender and that's DeWine McNeely and it's football folks yeah injuries happen and people go why are they hitting so hard why are they doing that why are they practicing on turf uh well they play on turf Uh, my question was why are you practicing on the north 40 which is where DeWine McNeely tore his knee on natural grass why are you practicing on that? Last year they played at BYU, natural grass. This year, not one game on natural grass. Why are you even playing? Why are you even practicing on it? So I asked Craig, and he said it's about forty degrees cooler, um, plus the nostalgia of it because all the old timers talk about practicing on the North Forty.
1: Yeah, they used to walk to the North Forty.
0: Yeah, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. That was part of it. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I had a guy reach out to me who owns a sod company. Yes, and he. He was really upset and I said, Well, do you even know where he, he got hurt? And he flat out said, Yeah, in the indoor facility. I said, No, no, that's not the case. No. Nope. So please do your homework before you say something.
0: Yeah. And I asked Craig, I'm like, why don't you guys go back to grass? And he just said, Our climate is not right for it. and I said, Craig, I grew up here. There was grass my whole life until the last what, ten years.
1: Do you wanna know what the deal was? It probably costs a fortune. Well, the fertilizer, the, the upkeep, all that kind of stuff of it. And let's be honest. After October 15th, it looks nice
0: on TV Yeah, and in person. It's yeah. green. Yeah. It's not brown. Sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, there's reasons. There's reasons, yeah, no doubt. Or Dubois Prairie Gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's plenty of reasons for it, yeah. but this guy, actually, I think the same person reached out to me, and he sent me, I said, "Is it, he said there's all kinds of studies been done that grass is safer, and Craig agreed, but they, the upkeep and the maintenance and all that, I guess, is a... You know, not good. I mean, you see the Bronco Stadium every year about November. It's horrible. It's, it's rough. It really is. But I mean, I'm all for going back to natural grass and having a couple games where it doesn't look that great. But you got to think about all the dudes. I, I did a story at Michigan State on the people who paint that, who have to upkeep it and the maintenance on oh, it. The it's water insane. and fertilizer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like this year would have been fine. Yeah. With all oh, the money. Oh, it would look beautiful, wouldn't it? But there's years that it's, it costs a lot of money. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, The other injuries, of course, Buck Coors just cannot catch a break, no pun intended, breaks his hand, sixth surgery since he's been here since 2020, and I just interviewed him, of course, and did a big blowout on him on the website, and he's he's not a big dude, and he's like, you know what, I'm not going to stop playing fast. I looked at him, and I said, did you ever think about, maybe this isn't for me, when you've had all these surgeries and all these injuries, he looked at me like I took a dump on the floor. Like, uh, no, I, it never crossed my mind. So I guarantee it has not crossed his mind. And they say maybe around a month. If it's a month, uh, give me buck horse in three weeks. I see defensive guys plays with clubs on their hands Al, all the time. Al Rich did it, didn't yeah. he, for a, a whole year, I want to say. Brian Lee, I want to say, had a
1: club too for oh, a while. Yeah. And then just think about, I know Kurt Whitehead had one because he like, tore his ligament in
0: his fingers. DeWine
1: McNeely had yeah. one last year. So it happens all the time. And yeah. You know what?
0: We'll probably see him in a month. I bet we will. Yeah. I would bet we will. Uh, will Pellissier, uh, wide receiver out of Bighorn. He's the other injury. Broken fingers is what we were hearing. Um, he, if I told you that was Wyoming's injury report at the end of fall camp, wouldn't you be like, wow, awesome. Absolutely. Great news. Yeah, it's it's really not bad. For anybody who's about to jump off a bridge, it's not bad at all. I've seen a hell of a lot worse. We've seen <laughs> – We've seen devastating knee injuries left and right, and Craig beats the drum all the time about how they don't suffer concussions in, in practice anymore, and they don't do not do 2 days anymore, and now he's taking his foot off the gas for this week against Texas Tech so that everybody's fresh and ready to roll. So um, I think it's been an, a great camp, uh, all in all. I, I certainly didn't walk out of this camp with any concerns. I re- You want DeWine McNeely that one hurts. That one sucks. Uh, you really saw some burst out of him last year, especially on that huge touchdown run against Hawaii, where you're like, damn. I mean, think about how many we talked about it every week. It's got going. I watched the replay of that the other day. I'm like, wow. Yeah. He's got a hell of a burst. So it sucks to see that. That one hurts. Uh, but Whaley's going to be back. Coors is going to be back. And Will Pellissier is going to be back. So I just don't, uh, I don't see any concern there to put it, to put it mildly. But, uh, You know, things I learned, once again, we knew a lot, so it wasn't like we learned a ton. Uh, This defensive line is going to be filthy. (laughs) We were talking before
1: I go on the air, and I brought it up to somebody last week, and I said, you're probably going to think I'm crazy, but I want to compare this defensive line to the 88 defensive line.
0: And that was stacked. I'd love to hear fans Mm – let us know on social media yeah. what you think about it because I don't think it's that far off. I really think the potential is there. I mean, like you said, that unit had a ton of sacks. And Pat Raybould, Craig Schlichting, Doug yeah. Rigby, David Dean. Don't come at
1: me now for saying <laughs> this, but I think these guys are as talented. Yeah. And then Mitch with Donahue was a young freshman at that time. I mean. Who'd they have to? Thomas Williams? They have No, a, that, was,
0: that was a year later. Oh, a year later. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, Robert Midget. He was a linebacker. Yeah, I mean, they just were.
1: Yeah, and Shenbeck was a linebacker. Shenbeck, they had dudes. But, I mean, that defensive line, and it all started with that
0: BYU game when David Dean had five sacks. Well, and what I'm getting at, like, could you almost compare the defense as a whole? Easton Gibbs is really talented. Shea who we know, had 73 tackles last year and missed 22. Yeah. I mean, you're talking 90s, in the 90s, in tackles from your weak side linebacker. And in these safeties, they're really comfortable with Isaac White and Wyatt Eckler um, behind them. And a lot of dudes who've never played before. Uh, but Rook Brown, they're very confident yeah. in him. You saw his coming-out party in his first start last year against New Mexico with 10 tackles. Also had a pick-six at Hawaii that got called back on the worst roughing-the-passer call I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Um, but really, what's been the weak link? It's been the corner spot. Now the, everybody and their mother is talking about Colby Taylor. He just made a freak list. Uh, From a national college beat writer, he's listed, I believe we talked, I talked to Thorburn about it today, 22nd or something on this list of 90 of the biggest freak athletes in college football. Mm -hmm. Uh, 6'4 corner who can run and do it all. Um, I had a source, uh, unnamed, who definitely didn't want to be on the record saying this, who's very in touch with this program. And I said, what are your thoughts on him? And he goes, wouldn't be surprised to see him in the transfer portal at the end of the year. And honestly, guys, I know that's cringeworthy, but it's it's a, good r- thing. It's a compliment. Yeah, and yeah. isn't a good that gross thing. if it happens? Yeah, if he's that good this year. Yeah, that but means the it, defense was that much better. Yeah, but isn't that gross? It, it, yeah. It's gross to hear that. And my first thought is, are you going to do everything in your power to keep the I kid? I can't Believe you actually said it. Because yeah, you hate all those
1: responses on social media. But exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and tweet <laughs> at him. <laughs> not me.
0: Yeah. But it was good, man. It, that's how good this kid could be. And then Tyreekus Davis, we saw his pick six in the spring game. He's a really good player out at Navarro Junior College. And then talked to Ja'Cory Hawkins today. He's, he said he feels so much more comfortable in this defense after, you know, year two in it. Um, really impactful player. And they got some young guys, too, on the back end. They moved Keanu Parks, uh, the number two recruit in the state of Wisconsin, true freshman, running back. That's how comfortable they are in their running back room, oh, by the way. They moved the number two overall recruit perrivals.com, 2DB, and they think he can have an impact immediately mm-hmm. as a true freshman a- and on special teams. Coach brought it up again today. So um, yep. we knew, though, that back to this D-line, we knew they were going to be salty as hell, but apparently they have just been lights out in practice and tunnel vision just coming at you in waves. And like we mentioned, that's going to help this young offensive line tremendously. Yep. And talking to Caden Barnett about it, he was like <laughs> – Yeah, you think it's fun every day to face Devon Harris and face Braden Siders and all these cats? I mean, no, Uh, but it's going to make us better. So um, the other thing I learned and touched on it, wide receiver depth. I mean, the guys we mentioned earlier, the old heads that have been here, like Alex Brown and Wyatt Wyatt Whelan, I thought took a huge step last year. I, I can't wait to see what the confidence from that touchdown catch against CSU plus those few catches in the bowl game could do for an Alex Brown who looks every bit the part. The guy's huge, and he's the fastest player on this team uh, in pads. He runs t- consistently 20 miles per hour, and he's 6'4". He he knows he needs to be better, and he should be. There's no doubt about it. But then you bring in Ira Santi from Holy Cross. He has one year of eligibility left, and I tell you what, talking to that guy, he's one you ask him one question, and it goes on for five minutes. His answer is five minutes long, and it's well thought out. That guy is motivated. He has no problem telling you he wants to be in the NFL, and he has no problem telling you that, hey, Wyoming hasn't won because they can't throw the ball consistently. Inner me. inner Devin Body Jr. from Vanderbilt. And uh, those guys are very similar from what we're hearing. They've been very impressive in camp. I know, you know, Andrew Peasley's a new father. He just got married. They – We're pulling him out, and he agreed to it. I shouldn't say pulling him out of bed or whatever, but they had him out there on Saturdays throwing extra routes and stuff during this offseason too. So they're developing that connection. I think the wide receivers group is going to be better all year, much better. I shouldn't even say just better, much better. And I think they've been working on it. They really have. Everybody from top to bottom has talked about how much they've changed things as far as the passing game and how it's now – uh, and now it's at the forefront. They know that's what's been keeping them from winning consistently and winning a Mountain West championship, and that's the truth. Last time they had a, a great passing game and a great running game, they played in the Mountain West championship game. Ever since, you can knock on the door all day long, but if you can't convert on third and seven, you're not going to be. In, you're not going to make it. So, uh, really looking forward to seeing those wide receivers. Not to mention, you can lump these guys in too: Trayton Welch. Best hands on the team. Uh, been here four years uh, at tight end. And John Michael Gillenborg's apparently really fast. And guys can block, as we know. You don't play on this team as a tight end if you don't.
1: I am so looking forward to those seam passes to the tight ends. Oh, yeah. Or just button hooks for first downs. Yes. I just – that's one of my favorite plays in all of college football is a seam pass to the tight end. Remember Welch's last year (laughs) in New Mexico? Yep. Why don't you do that five times a game? Because (laughs) when you got guys that can actually catch the ball and they're that big.
0: Yes. And can go up and get the ball with good hands. Yeah. Really excited about those guys. And honestly, I'm excited about Andrew Peasley. And I tell you what, Jared, we talked about it last year, and it's really something easy to breeze over where we're like, "Eh, yeah, it's his first year in a new offense. Think about that, though. And and it really hit me in Vegas when I talked to him because he said, you realize I've never even played with a tight end in my life. Not in high school, not at Utah State. And, oh, by the way, guys, Andrew Peasley was the backup at Utah State. It's not like he came in as this starter. He he was a backup. So last year was his first year truly with the reins, coming from a spread offense in high school, a spread offense in, at Utah State, he hadn't even taken a snap under center before. Yep. So imagine, and I know people like to goof on Bull because you know our offense is complex. Goof on him all you want; it is complex. It's a pro style offense, and you hear that from everybody—from scouts to the the most daisy fresh freshman on the team. It's tough. It's a foreign language. It's a whole new ball game. And why do you think stuff's translating so well to the NFL?
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> I mean, fourteen guys. Yeah. I mean, that's why. So. Peasley, year two, he always had the respect of his teammates, but he ditched the leg brace. There's no more of that. I think he's going to – I'm not saying he's going to run all over the place, Michael Vick style. I'm saying that now maybe he's more comfortable dancing around the pocket, finding an opening to find a guy downfield. Because as I talked to Ja'Cory Hawkins today, he said, you know what I love most about our defensive ends? I'm not going to have to cover guys for eight to ten seconds. Good luck covering anybody in the world for 8 to 10 seconds. And if Andrew Peasley can dance enough in the pocket and find a seam and make an op- have an opening, I think that's where he's going to really improve this year. Yep. So other than that, man, I'm seeing just like Craig Bull, a mature bunch of guys. These guys have been a true pleasure to talk to this offseason. I mean, I can't tell you one guy, and I would tell you. I would tell you if one of these guys was a shithead or they weren't cool. These guys have all been great. They are focused on the goal. And it's not lip service, and I'm telling you, I don't know if that's going to translate to wins. I don't know if that'll translate to a championship, but I tell you what, he does have a mature team. And the beauty of it, too, uh, Thorburn, i got to give him credit for this question today. How do you pick a captain, which they're going to vote for tomorrow, by the way? How do you pick a captain when you have so many to choose from? It's going to be more than four. I guarantee you it's going to be more than four because this team, and that's the beauty, they have a captain – at almost every single – in every single unit within this program. Uh, you Frank Crum on the offensive line. Peasley, of course. Easton Gibbs in the linebacker crew. Uh, front four, Cole Goodboe, uh, easily. Uh, and, yeah. and if you want to throw in a defensive end, too, you have Devon Harris, guys like that. So they are going to be – and it's a good problem. It's a really good problem to have. And and the beauty of those guys, a guy like Frank Crum, sixth year, Wyatt Whelan, sixth year, another guy who could be a captain – The sense of urgency is there, and it's not panic or anything. It's we're coming out to practice with a purpose. And I can shoot the bull and chew the fat with Frank Crum all day long, and he's great at it, and he's one of my favorite human beings. But it's all game man it's it's on it's a laser like focus and you see it there's no screwing around and it's but it's still fun it's still fun they're getting their work in but they're just taking it serious and and not that they didn't before but it's it's it, there's a different vibe and i'll do a story before the season starts i've asked no less than 30 guys on this team does something feel different because it does feel different to me it feels different to my colleagues it feels different to the coaches and maybe it is just that maturity but something feels different in a good way, the best way possible. Yep. So obviously we need Andrew Peasley to be better. He needs to be better. The offensive line, everybody needs to be better and coach keeps saying 2%, 2%. Andrew Peasley probably needs to be more than 2% better, but guys, when he was on last year it was really good. And now the brace is gone, he can run more. I just I feel like Peasley's primed to to do something really good this year.
1: 5 more completions a game. Yeah. For- completion percentage goes to 60 percent yes it'll be a huge difference huge i mean it'll it'll equate to more points and to more w's
0: and how about pick up two first downs a game with your legs yeah i mean we saw last year toward the end i don't think he was right and Peasley's not one that'll admit it. Well, the Hawaii
1: game—you just saw—that his hip was hurt, yeah. His thigh was hurt. Yeah. Then he had his hand issue. I concussion mean, concussion the week before. He had a CSU. lot of stuff
0: going on. Yeah, he did, and he won't be one to use excuses. I mean, he's literally a farm kid from Oregon. He's he he knows the credo, you know. Um,
1: did you give him any father advice yet? Uh,
0: I don't think anybody wants that from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. What about just changing diapers? Uh, I think he's probably all right. All right, okay. That guy, man, there's something about Andrew Peasley, too. He's a tough nut to crack. He does not feed the media anything. He's just... But he's a likable. Lovable. Tough nut to crack. Yes. Yes. Yeah, lovable guy. Some of those guys, they'll frustrate you. are like, come on, give me some Him, you just... So, and not not that Sean Chambers wasn't likable, but he, he was. But he was a guy like that. He didn't feed you anything uh but Andrews he's cool man he's really cool really good guy it does suck to see how many people rip on him and stuff but he also knows he's the quarterback he's going to get pat on the back or kicking in the ass and that's all there is to yeah. it and that comes with that position and nobody knows that better than him so uh excited for Peasley to see what he can do um you know we'll talk more about Texas Tech obviously on the kickoff show next week but uh you know, I've said it before on here, Jared. I don't. I don't know a ton about Texas Tech yet. I know enough. I'm. I'm I would not fall out of my chair if the Wyoming Cowboys find a way to win this game in Laramie, Wyoming. I'm
1: actually day. really surprised that they're a 14 point underdog this early. Without yeah. really diving into both teams, and that and Vegas knows stuff. They always do. But that that spread seems pretty high to me.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I I brought this up the other day. Jay Bell, Wyoming's defensive coordinator, told me this will be the best offense we see all year. Um, Because it's a unique offense. Yes, because the Cowboys are going to see better athletes in Week 3 against Texas in Austin.
1: And this is the one time that you need to have all hands on deck because you're going to be substituting when you can because they hurry up to the line, but you're going to have to be on your toes at all times.
0: Yeah. You know what my rebuttal is to that? And, of course, Jay wasn't biting by any stretch, but my rebuttal is – will this be the best defense Texas Tech sees all year I think the Big 12 is exactly known for their defense uh, I don't think Oregon's exactly known for their defense um this might when this when the dust settles in this one that might be the going uh, going forward that yep. might be Texas Tech and dude that team's legit that yeah, we'll, team's real deal we'll definitely dive into those positions uh Rankings and stuff like that next week. For yeah, sure. absolutely. uh Last thing you kind of you alluded to it. Cowboys have 14 active NFL players now. Brian Hill signed by the San Francisco 49ers last week. Good to see him back. The the running back position is so devalued now in in football. Would love to see Brian stick with this. And what a better offense to be in. I mean, San Francisco had already been there. He already knows Kyle Shanahan. He already knows the system. Yep. So uh happy for him. Really want to see him do well and. Uh, no cuts yet that I've seen of any Wyoming players. Jacob Hollister, another guy who was signed by the Raiders, he's uh, back in Las Vegas as a tight end there. So, And when
1: you see that they don't play one week, doesn't mean they're not going to get a lot of playing time this weekend. Right. Because they they move the, – the preseason in the NFL has changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Tremendously. Sometimes you don't see anybody play. But um, so, you know, hopefully that all 14 of them make an active roster. If not – they're on a the practice squad.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. And the other movement, I guess, Zavion Valaday going from the Houston Texans to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, excited for X, too. Yep. And by the way, don't tweet at me telling me Xavion Valaday is not a Wyoming Cowboy. Don't tweet at me saying that Azizi Hearn's not or that CJ Colden's not. Hey, I will I tell w-
1: you, if anybody's
0: a Wyoming Cowboy, it's Valaday. Yeah, absolutely. Freaking lutely. He has a degree. Yeah. And, and so do the other guys. Hearn and, and Colton, they, they did their work here. They were here for three years. It's just they went for their last final year to see if they could play at a higher level. And they guess what? They did. C.J. Yep. Colton was one of the best guys in Oklahoma secondary by far last year. So I hate hearing that stuff. And you just wait, Jared. Let me look into my crystal ball here. The first Monday night game that C.J. Colton plays in for the Minnesota Vikings— and he comes out, and they say, and he says, "CJ Colden, University of Oklahoma, heads are going to explode." Xavier Onvada, running back, Arizona State. Can you already see the shitstorm that that's going to cause?
1: They can actually say whatever the hell they want, though. Yeah. So you never know; they might say, "Oh, uh, University of Oklahoma, go Pokes!" Right. Just to you, might, you know, no, and you know what? Who cares? I know who cares There for a while that was the coolest thing ever to see those guys say University of Wyoming Yeah but now there's so many guys in there you you expect it Sure Well and what was the one I think Carl Granderson
0: maybe said his high school
1: And some of them they've done that before and they say they're junior college or their high school I've heard guys say their middle school before yeah. They all have fun with it
0: Yeah I think it be just I'd be just fine if Josh Allen said Reedley Junior College yep. I 'd be perfectly fine with that man that's you've built some love too, absolutely, As, yeah, another thing that is driving me absolutely crazy i don 't know if you've seen this at all I, I I hate social media, and I need to stay off it um, now, because Josh Allen bought a mansion in Southern California, now he's a turncoat liberal freak, and uh keep him out of here.
1: Do you guys remember where he 's from
0: <laughs> it's so frustrating, man. I know I shouldn't buy into this and stuff or even mention it. loves to
1: golf, you guys. So in the off season, you know, in the February, March, April time when Buffalo's still under snow, he wants to go someplace where he can play golf. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think he's earned it. And he can afford it. Who cares?
0: <laughs> it's so frustrating. Jeez. I got one of those comments the other day about, we don't care about Josh. He's not a Wyoming guy anymore. He's a he's a California guy. And I'm like, where where is he from? He's from the... Republican basket He's not of from California. Wyoming, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he didn't build a five billion dollar five million dollar house in Laramie? Jeez. What is he thinking? Anyway, uh good show. Oh, I want to cap it off with this. We've been doing the tri Oh, we have some oh, other no, go ahead. some other stuff too. Uh Mike Skinner won our trivia, uh the trivia thing we had going on. He won the season tickets. Mike is here in Cheyenne. I don't even know if we talked to you about this, Jared, but um in the rules. He gets to do a show with us now. Did you see that? No. <laughs> let me tell you We're why. We're going to have to vet this first. <laughs> no, I already did. Okay. I, I'm, vetted I'm it on kidding, the, I, I vetted it on the way here. Uh, called him to let him know he won the tickets. Uh, congrats again to Mike Skinner. Football tickets, basketball season tickets, and a parking pass. He uh, lives here. He's a huge fan. Grew up next to the Talliches. Uh, his coach in, in school was Hunter Thompson's dad. He knows Wyoming oh, Athletics. Cool. So he's really excited to yeah, come we'll on. Yeah, we'll figure with
1: us. out a time when you can come on in and join us.
0: Yeah. that will be fun. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about cuz I was a little terrified to put in that part about you can do a podcast. Nah, that'll with be us. fun though. He'll be great. He'll be great. So congratulations again, Mike.
1: Just a couple other housekeeping things. You know, congratulations to Coach Priggy. She mm-hmm. earned her first uh win as Wyoming volleyball coach today. They beat Winthrop and yep. then soccer is off to a pretty good start. One zero and two. Yeah. There's a lot of ties in soccer. I think they had like eight last year, and they they were the number one seed in the tournament, and they're the favorite this year. You guys, yep, it, it, it'll be good. Um, they're, but they're they've kind of got off the the snide, and they scored three goals against South Dakota, so that's good for them. And um, you know, all the other sports, they're they're getting ready to go to the fall sports. The both golf teams, the uh, the cross country teams are ready to go, and then swimming road. start
0: in October.
1: Yep. October, and then yeah. uh, Rodeo hired their head coach, uh, Seth Glaus from C and then they just hired a women's assistant coach or women's head coach, however you want to say it, uh, from South Dakota State. And um, it's going to be good to have J.C. Hupp um, in Laramie as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, I want you to give a plug to your niece who had a big uh, big showing at the daddy of them all. That
1: was fun. Uh, yeah, my niece, the former uh, two-time All-American trackster, Shayla Hall, um, now married, so her last name's Hall. But um, she ended up third in the championship round at Shine Frontier Days and won just a little over 14 k for the week. And she just had a huge weekend over uh, this last weekend. She won Baker, Montana, and won nine more thousand. Nice. And she's sitting 27th in the world right now.
0: I don't know if she bought you a beer, but she didn't buy me one. Oh, she's going to be owing me. Um, (laughs) uh, Actually,
1: um, Serving has her, she and another niece's agent for sponsorships. Um, so they'll be buying me plenty of beers.
0: <laughs> awesome! Congrats to her. It's good to see some Wyoming cowboys and cowgirls doing big things, especially at the Daddy Mall. That's got to be yep. uh, it's got to be an unbelievable feeling.
1: I'd, I've never seen her that excited when she won the semifinals on Friday. Yeah, and in, even all those track act legs, everything. She, I've, I that was something I hadn't seen out of her before.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I wish they would do rodeo more justice and let us know where they're from, because it says she rodeos out of texas now correct
1: well it's depending on when where she's been to be honest with you sometimes it says stephenville texas and then most times it's saying that she's from Belfour, south dakota because she's is rodeoing out of the badlands circuit this year mm-hmm. so that's north dakota south dakota so does that drive you nuts a little bit it drives me crazy. it's a little it's a little frustrating but her husband um, he's a three time NFR guy. He's from Jay, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but he lives in Stephenville, Texas. Right. But he still says Jay, Oklahoma on the thing. And it ha- I, I've been watching more rodeo this year and there because you can watch everything on the Cowboy Channel app. Mm-hmm.
0: It's actually crazy. I've been watching a lot myself. Uh, my buddy Kyle keeps oh, yeah. the rodeo channel on often. So I just wish they would say, oh, this person went to the University of Wyoming, and oh, this person's from Wyoming. And...
1: Yeah, I mean, if you hear the arena announcer, they do say that sometimes. Like when Shayla was up here, they said a former track star at Wyoming. Nice. Married two, three-time NFR. You know, they do get that, but those events, are go- they're going so fast, and a lot of the times they don't have the technology to
0: update their no information
1: on the boards too
0: i can't remember if i was there that day the only two rodeos i went to this year i had the the golden ticket so it was free beer the whole time and i took full advantage
1: You didn't even hardly ever step outside onto the
0: landing, I don't think. (laughs) A couple times. A couple times. (laughs) I love frontier days. Uh, So, yeah, definitely uh, wanted to just squeeze as much summer out as humanly possible. Can you believe we are eight days away from kickoff? that's awesome. Can you imagine if Texas Tech was here today? It was windy as hell in Laramie and (laughs) And raining sideways. It was cold.
1: Uh, One thing you did this week, though you went to a Pantera concert and you said it was 22 years?
0: 22 years yeah man yeah they uh they broke up right after well they they quit touring during nine eleven. um once the tower the attack on the towers they quit touring um didn't know at the time they would never be back uh together again but uh it's kind of funny I I probably shouldn't say this but I uh was on probation uh, a long time ago I was just a I was a youth uh, on probation for a very nonviolent crime. It's too embarrassing to even tell you what it was for. However, uh, the judge said, you're not allowed to go to uh, – you're not allowed to leave the county. And I said, that seems a little drastic, not to mention I have tickets to Pantera and Casper on Friday and in Denver on Saturday. And she goes, well, that's too bad. I said, uh, I have tickets already. And she said, I'll make you a deal. Your mom goes with you. You can go. <laughs> My mom's not going to... Uh, she drove you, maybe. Yeah, my mom's not going to Pantera. So <laughs> it was one of those deals where I had 30, 30 days of jail hanging over my head, and I thought, you know what, Pantera's worth it, and boy, am I glad I went to those. Got to see Dimebag Daryl and uh, Vinnie Paul and the whole group together, Phil Anselmo someone Rex Brown, got to see them live like seven times before, unfortunately, Dime was murdered on stage and uh, and Vinnie passed away. But, man, Zach Wilde did an awesome job filling in for Dimebag and... And uh, Charlie Benete from uh, Anthrax, it was it was awesome, dude. They sounded great. And what was really cool is that, you know, so many people were against this tour because the brothers are no longer with us, but they really did a good job putting their pictures up on the screen and, and rolling through old video and stuff, and they really made it a tribute to those guys. So it was cool, man. Uh, those guys, that was my life in junior high and high school was, was Pantera and, and heavy metal and... It was great. And I took Alex Taylor, who covers the Cowboys for for Cheyenne and Laramie, uh, Y.O. Sports. He'd never been to a concert really before in his life, let alone a heavy metal concert. So he got a huge eye-opener. We were right, sitting right above the mosh pit, too, and he was like, oh, my God. And I said, I tried getting us tickets down there, but it didn't work out. So.
1: Good time. Well, and you, you and a lot of listeners know how much I like Texas country. Yeah. Uh, two new albums dropped today, and Turnpike Troubadours, their first mm-hmm. album in six years, came nice. out today. It is excellent. Nice. And then Zach Bryan, who is just, he just churns out more music than anybody so in the industry. So he drops stuff all the time, right? And he just drew. I think it's 16-track nice. uh, new album
0: today, too. So. Nice. You just went to a show, too, didn't you?
1: Yeah, last Saturday, or last, excuse me, last Thursday, we were in Grand Junction, Colorado for Cody Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, we were down there seeing some friends and stuff and got to see Cody up front and close and got to talk to him after the show. Nice. It's like I it did in Texas earlier this year. So he's such a good guy. That's great. A really good show. And he, he jammed like I hadn't seen him jam in a long time. He can
0: play the guitar. I was kind of bummed. Were you at the Cody Johnson concert? Yeah. I was kind of bummed, man. I, I'm, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Whiskey Myers. Whiskey Myers. Uh, love them. Um, I was not impressed. I don't. Maybe they're not meant to play in a big. Big-ass venue like that where people are all crowded against the gates, and maybe they're more of a honky-tonk, Billy Bob's, Outlaw. Well, there's Southern kinda. Rock, though, you know? It just well, – I don't know, man. I don't know. I still liked it because I knew all the songs. Me, too. I mean, yeah. I love the songs, and yeah. I thought they didn't play a couple that I was kind of They shocked. didn't, but
1: they were – when you're an opener, yeah, you, you have a time. time constraint, Yeah, you know? Uh,
0: but, yeah, if
1: – don't hold that against it. If you have a chance to go see them, and especially in a small venue,
0: yeah. do it. Oh, I love them. I listen to them every day. Yep. But it just didn't hit like I thought it was going to. I, and they didn't talk. I know they have the time constraints, yep. but they didn't talk or say, you know, oh, so good to be here or anything. They just one after another after another and played a couple slow ones in a row that I'd never heard of. It was just kind of, I don't know, man. Wasn't that, I just thought, maybe they'd be way better at, like, the outlaw than in that front mean, of you couldn't hold that. 25,000 people at Frontier Days. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They
1: play in front of those crowds all the time, though, everywhere they go.
0: Yeah, they're so. great, though. They are great. Go see them for sure. Yep. But uh, And Cody Johnson, I'd never even heard of him. He put on a nice show, but I had some lady sitting next to me going, this is the next George Strait. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I don't know about all that. He's pretty good. He's good. He put on a hell of a show. The thing I love about him, unlike every country singer under the sun these days, he's actually a cowboy. He's actually been on a horse.
1: Former bull rider, and he team ropes today.
0: Yeah, love that part. Yep. Love that. Don't see that enough anymore in country music, for sure. But All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to have our first rendition edition of uh, the award-winning 7220sports.com kickoff show next next
1: Saturday, September 2nd, and I believe that time is going to be
0: 3 3 o'clock. Yeah, the games at five thirty. Yeah. kickoffs at five thirty, right?
1: So two and a half hours
0: before kickoff, yep. three o'clock. Yep, can't wait. Looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully, get some guests this year. Definitely get Mike Skinner on our winner, our quiz winner. If you uh, didn't cheat on that last quiz, uh, you're a you're a liar. Um, <laughs> that thing was brutal. It was hard to even come up with questions about soccer and tennis and rodeo and i tried to really run the gamut on that one so uh but really appreciate you guys taking part in that hope you had fun with it maybe it's something we can pull off uh during the summers during our slow time and hell of a giveaway it is hell of a giveaway really good so michael skinner couldn't be more thankful too he was really cool to talk to on the phone really good to really good to talk to him those definitely went to the right guy so Excited for that, excited for the season. Uh, Stay tuned to 7220 Sports. Go check it out, man. There's a million and a half stories on here. If you have any questions about Wyoming football, I guarantee it's answered in any one of these. I mean, it has been balls to the wall.
1: And read the story, not just the headlines.
0: (laughs) Please, I'm begging you. Begging you. But thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Texas Tech is on the clock. College football is here, folks.